0: This
1: is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona. I'm joined today by Jessica Bautista, Digital Journalist for Gilbert. Today's topic is about how we're using video, both short and long form, for news, social media, and storytelling purposes. Jessica, can you talk to us about the different ways, Give us a few examples of how we're using
0: video here in Gilbert? Sure. Um, uh, one of the things that I do most often is tell video uh, tell stories through short form video, which is what you would see um, on you know the evening news. It's a typical what we call a package, which is about a minute and a half two minute story. Um, that 's about a topic of interest or an event that 's going on, so one of the one of the things that we do in Gilbert every year and that 's one of the big events in our town is the Gilbert Day 's Parade. So, for example, I would go out to the Gilbert Days Parade and interview a few of the spectators, a few of the people who are in the parade, and put that all together um, by the end of the day and then post it onto our website, share it on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, all of our social media channels, and get a version of the video that people can watch and they can kind of stay updated on what happened that day. We do this with a lot of different economic development projects as well. If there's a ribbon cutting or the opening of a new business. You know, that's one of the most common things that we do. And then we do long form video, um, which you would see every year we do a digital state of the town. So what that is, is it's a longer video that takes the place of a typical mayor's speech that you would hear um, recapping the previous year, kind of giving a look at what's ahead. And we would do that through a longer video, maybe a 20 minute long video that highlights all of those things that happened in the previous year.
1: Exactly. And the intent is that instead of having a mayor stand at a podium, talking to an audience of maybe 100 people, we're able to reach an audience of 20,000 people by creating a video that our residents or future business owners or current business owners can watch from anywhere, from their desktop, from their phone. And that's really kind of the power of using video in this way. One of the things is reach. And I want to talk a little bit about You talked specifically about some of the ways we're using it for news purposes, but let's talk about how we're kind of telling our story. I know in press releases, for example, instead of writing out a long, lengthy press release, we're incorporating video to tell that story. And then also we have a
0: digital newsroom. Tell me a little bit about um, those examples of how we're using video. So the digital newsroom is one of my favorite things, and that really is what you were talking about, kind of telling our own story. We become almost our own news organization. So with those shorter-form stories that I was talking about, even with a, a little bit of the longer-form, the digital city of the town is something we would share on here. Um, it's a portion of our website where you would typically see those press releases. So a lot of um, cities and towns across the country have a you know media section of their website, and they would have all of the latest news three or four paragraphs of information about an event or an issue that's important to the public where that would normally be we have a news article maybe one paragraph of information and that video so this is the way that people want their information now you know video is the best performing on social media uh, we're giving the public the information in the form that they they like to digest it so, Um, You go onto the digital newsroom section of our website, you get all of those, you know, all the information that you would get from a typical media or news section, but in a different format, in a format that is more palatable and, you know, honestly more entertaining to watch, um, you know, the short segments and, uh, you know, easy to navigate just like a typical news page.
1: Let's talk about the quality, because I think that's one of the differentiators between what we're doing here in Gilbert and what you see a lot of other communities do with video. And one of the things I think that makes the digital newsroom successful is that you shoot video that could air tonight on the 5 6 10 o'clock news and that's really different than what you'll see in a lot of other places so talk to me a little bit about the quality the types of cameras you use what your production style is and why they're able to come to the digital newsroom and actually use clips
0: that we've shot b-roll sound bites etc That's right. And you touched on something that I I, um, had forgotten to mention. One of the most important factors of the digital newsroom is that not only do we put those pieces of video on there for the community and for the typical viewers, we also put it on there for the media as well. So we'll put raw footage on there that we've shot. um, News agencies that weren't able to make it to the event or whatever we were covering um, can pick up that video and air it on their news. So it has to be high quality. It has to be high definition. It has to be something that they would want to air themselves because we're really sharing it with them and giving them that footage and that story. Um, I use, you know, a high definition camera. It uh, records to an SD card. Um, and I also use other tools as well. We have a GoPro that's um, now we have a GoPro that shoots 4K video. So that's really nice quality. We have a um, The iPhone 6, you know, shoots great video for what it is, and we've used that kind of in those run-and-gun situations. If there's um, something going on, we had a a fire that, you know, broke out, and that's something that we would cover with whatever we had on us, which obviously, you know, you've always got your phone, Um, but we do it in a way that's high quality, and we put it together using um, Adobe editing software, which is pretty common in a typical newsroom or um, you know, a film agency would use this kind of software too. So we're using the tools that they would use in business. And I think that makes a big difference as well, is, is shooting it and editing it in the similar fashion so that a media agency can just pick it right up and air it on their own channel. Exactly.
1: So interestingly enough, um, one of the requirements of this job was not video, but from my background, it was something that I brought to the job. And I think, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is that um, when it comes to government, especially in, in cities and how we're telling our stories, the dwindling amount of media that's able to cover us and the town. I mean, we're the largest town in America, 240,000 people, um, but we can't get media out to cover our events. So we really have to be telling our own story. And that's why all of these tools are so powerful for us to be able to not only tell the story to the residents, but as a marketing tool for potential people that want to move here, businesses that want to locate here. And that's really powerful. And the quality then is very- very important. In fact, we get calls from other places, other cities asking what production company do you use? And I think that's where some cities have fallen short. It's not just the tools. You can have the best camera, but if you don't know how to use it, it's not going to do you any good. So I think, again, that's another thing. Yes, you can start out simple, get a phone, do some of the things, you know, even edit from editing purposes, do it in your own hand and on your phone. But, um, you know, if you want to do something really high quality, you have to have the right people at the helm who have experience in video, both short and long form to really understand it. Um, and I know we have a drone too, that we use quite a bit. And, you know, in a city, you might not see that very often, but in a normal company, like you said, private business or anyone that's using video at all, um, is shooting either 360 with a drone or, you know, with a variety of tools that you mentioned.
0: Yeah. And we stay on the edge of that technology as well. So, you know, when we started to see 360 um, used by companies, you see the promotions on Facebook and things like that, utilizing those platforms that support 360 video in creative ways for their own commercials we look at that and and even though it's new and it might be a little bit scary we like to stay on top of it and on the edge of that technology um you know even if it's starting out as experimental we just got our 360 camera um, the first thing we did with it, well, we put it up in the drone, <laughs> which was was a great time, but uh, we still have a little bit of work to do on that technically to get it straightened out. Um, but the second thing we did that we actually posted and shared with uh, our residents is we just stood in the median um, in our heritage district, which is kind of the busiest part of Gilbert. It's got a lot of shops and restaurants down there. Um, in a popular time of day and just gave everyone a look of what's going on downtown right now. Really simple, just stood there with the camera for a few seconds, you know, maybe 30 seconds of video and threw that up on Facebook. And it did really well. And it's just because it's that new technology, it's that new platform. Right after, you know, we got used to using it, um, we're going to come out with a lot of creative ideas on how we can promote our events and use it in ways that uh, you know, are really unique. And it's just, um, it's just staying on top of of what's new and what's trending and not being hesitant or afraid to try these new things um, and not waiting to see if, if someone else is doing it successfully or someone else is using it a lot uh, before we pick it up and kind of just give it a go. I think that's really important is to to step forward and not step back when it comes to new uh, technology
1: like that. Exactly. And that brings me to live video, which obviously is something that's um, become quite popular, especially in the last six months specifically, and isn't as highly produced. So we talked about some of the more longer form things that require a lot of pre-production and obviously post-production. Live video doesn't really take that much pre-planning as far as the technical side of it goes. Obviously, you have to find out who you're going to be with, what you're going to be covering, the things you want to talk about. Um, But that gives you a lot of flexibility too. If you're not necessarily a video guru, you can still go out. Anyone can shoot live video, whether it's Periscope or Facebook. And we're going to have an entire podcast coming up focused just on live video. We're going to talk about the different ways that we're using it and that you can use it. And I think, you know, other governments can. And this is still something that's new and evolving. Um, In fact, now on Facebook Live, you can pre-record your live video. So it's not technically live, even though the way you shoot it is. um, But then you can post it after the fact. So I think this is, you know, really interesting in a realm that, yes, we need to be in. Um, And I want to talk a little bit about when you we talk about the kind of short versus long form. So some of the news packages that you touched on, but the storytelling piece of documentary, which I think is really important, um, which tends to be some of our longer form things, um, or some of the stories that we do in the community where we talk about either businesses or our residents or really cool things that are happening. So talk to me about the difference between you know cutting a news package, which might be an event that we happen during the day, like our 9-11 memorial, um, and then something that's more more kind of highly produced, but can still be shorter, like two to three minutes, and why that storytelling piece is so important
0: absolutely um you know and and it's kind of self-explanatory when you have an event you know what you're getting it's going to be a story about a parade or a story about a festival that we're hosting or a story about a business that's opening and then you have those other things that we do that we we really talk about um someone in the community or a resident who's making a difference or a group that's making a difference one of the ones i remember that was really impactful was um and it and it can also be surrounded by By in the context of of another thing that's going on, this in particular was about um, this superhero run that we do every year. So our Parks and Rec department hosts um, a superhero adventure run. There's obstacles. Everybody dresses up in costume. It's a great time. And typically, you know, the way I would cover it is go and cover it as a normal event. Here's everybody in their costumes and here's the obstacles and they're having a great time. Well, this particular year, there was one little boy who um, was sick. He had a brain tumor and Um, The Parks and Recreation Department found out that he was a huge fan of superheroes. And so they invited him. He couldn't run all of the obstacles, but they gave him a special tour of all of the uh, different superheroes that were in costume running around. And they gave him a kind of a backstage pass to this event. They allowed him to do all of the obstacles that he could. Um, They really just went out of their way to make it special for him. And this kid was just an amazing, amazing kid. and so it was kind of unexpected to stumble upon that story. But once I found out, you know, the story of the event became the story of this little boy living his superhero dream, dressed as Superman, uh, you know, for a day. And it was just a special thing that he did. And, and um, so I think finding those individuals that can really uh, make for a compelling message and a compelling story about a greater topic is, is something that, you know, we're always on the lookout for. Um, we, we also do not as emotional, but also a very storytelling topic is the talk of the trade series that we did with economic development. And that is, um, you know, we would, we would go to a specific business and talk about how they came to Gilbert, why they came to Gilbert and how their business was doing. It was kind of the story of a small business owner. And so these are, our you know ways that you can talk about a broader topic or issue through a smaller narrative and really connect with people. Awesome.
1: I tell people all the time that if you're not using video, you're far behind. Um, I really, truly believe that, especially when it comes to social. I'm using video natively. Um, I know we got quite a following. Um, pretty exciting. We created a video in about 48 hours. Um, Justin Timberlake had released his latest music video for Can't Stop the Feeling. Um, and We decided to kind of jump on this bandwagon when we saw a bunch of different groups that were making parodies of this same video. And we realized no other city had done it and probably didn't have the capabilities to do it. So seeing that window of opportunity was like, okay, we've got 48 hours perfect for our community, a very um, family friendly, safe, vibrant community, growing people we thought that would be really interested in dancing on camera. So we made this happen within 48 hours, obviously created the video, posted, tagged um, on Facebook and Twitter. And within another 24 hours after that, Justin Timberlake had shared it himself on his Twitter page and then again a few hours later on Facebook. And that was really powerful for us and um, our following in social media and people kind of understanding. But there was a huge underlying PR piece of creating a video like that showing your community, showing this as a place that you would want to live, that you would want to bring your business. And we had people from all over the country that were saying, I've never heard of this place called Gilbert, but this looks like an amazing place to live. I want to move there. I want to visit there. Or I know someone who lives there. And that is a very powerful tool and obviously can't be achieved without The use of video and probably the best example we have. So if you haven't seen it, um, please visit our YouTube page um, and check out the video. It's it's pretty amazing.
0: Um, But talk to us about what the process was of putting that together. Sure, Um, that was a crazy (laughs) crazy day, Um, and it did. It started with uh, seeing a couple of those parody videos, and then seeing that Justin Timberlake himself kind of put one out and kind of threw down a gauntlet. He said, you know, uh, this is what these people have. Like, what do you what do you have? What can you do? And so we thought, you know, absolutely challenge accepted we can do this um and we ran around honestly you know we ran around town with a Bose speaker and the song and asked people to dance and uh we also what kind of camera did you use oh yeah we used our Panasonic um uh camcorder which is what I typically use um for shooting you know most of the stories it's kind of my my favorite camera it's a little larger it's a it's a professional grade camera. Um, So it's high quality video. We also used the drone because we took some shots at the water tower. So we called an impromptu dance party, which was my favorite part. This was, this is actually says a lot about Gilbert as well, um, which I love this part of the story is uh, we put out on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook that day, Hey, meet us at the water tower at nine o'clock in the morning for a dance party. And I think everyone thought they were going to be, like, in a legit Justin <laughs> Timberlake, Timberlake video. video.
1: They were a little disappointed when they got there. But once it went viral, I think we made it up to <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. Justin Timberlake still saw their dancing and appreciated it. So I think that was good. But, um, but we showed up. You know, we showed up in the morning. We were a little nervous because we weren't sure how many people came. And we had a really good crowd. We had some great dancers there that really surprised us. Actually, our own mayor's children are all really good at dancing. So, um, you know, we just the ability to put a shout out on your social network and have that kind of result is amazing. You know, we have that following and we have those residents. We have the residents that are, you know, following us and looking at something like that. think, Oh yeah, sure. I've got the time. Let me go down and help them out. Um, which is just great. So we took the drone there and we had some great aerial shots of the dancing that, um, are seen at the very beginning of the video. You know, we obviously had that group. We found another great group of people at Topgolf, um, uh, which is a great venue and their servers are hilarious. They, they dressed in costume and everything and came out and danced for us. So we put a lot of them in the video too. Um, And then, you know, after all the shooting was done, we just sat down in the edit bay and you were there and we just we just cranked it out. We cut a bunch of the clips together that we liked. We put it over the song. We were all sitting there kind of chiming in. It happened really quickly. And, you know, as soon as it was done, um, we posted it natively on all of our platforms, tagged Justin Timberlake. Use the hashtag everybody was using. You know, that's really important is getting the attention that it deserves and using those things that's going to get the attention, those hashtags, tagging the the major players who have a stake in this and, you know, kind of waving your flag and saying, hey, look at this. This is really cool. Um, so that's, you know, he saw it from there or his people saw it from there and it spread like wildfire. It was great. It did. And we continued to get calls also asking
1: what production company did you use to make that amazing video? (laughs) So it's pretty cool when you say that you've done something in-house Um, you know, and again, within about 48 hours. So something that was quite intricate, but yet not didn't require a lot of pre-production. It was just kind of a run and gun. Obviously, there's other things that we spend months, our state of the town, which you mentioned earlier, um, you know, we start shooting in the summer and it doesn't usually premiere until January. So there's a lot of, you know, planning and pre-planning that goes into this, but there's a lot that you can do with video just on the fly. And I think that's what makes it so exciting. And, you know, for us, especially, I think every day we're using video a little bit differently. What are some of your favorite, like what would you say is your favorite way um, to use video? Because your job, which again is very rare, what you would see in government, um, is focused pretty much solely on video and storytelling through that use. Mm -hmm. So tell me what your favorite, give me your top three um, favorite ways to use video
0: are. Well, I do like the traditional story. Um, because that, I think, is kind of the heart, you know, as somebody who comes from a journalistic background, is why you get into it in the first place. Because you like people and you like to tell their stories. And you know that everybody has a story. So I do like those um, those stories about the individual or the the ways that I can make something about the individual. So those, those minute 30 packages that you would say um, that are really compelling that kind of just tell a simple story and connect with someone – Um, I love that, that I think was my, my kind of bread and butter. I love just, just connecting with someone and, and allowing the viewer to kind of feel that person's story. Um, the other thing I do love the state of the town and that's for a completely different reason. Um, we get to get so creative and, you know, this is actually our, our fifth year doing the state of the town. Um, and at first it was kind of, you know, there were a lot of parameters we felt like we had to fit into, um. A lot of people kind of at the table that we were asking their opinions and getting opinions and kind of a lot of cooks in the kitchen when it came to making that piece. Five years later, um, after what we've produced, been able to produce um, every year, now I feel like we're we're more on our own. You know, this is your piece. People trust us. And so we can kind of get really creative with it and come up with these themes and ideas. Last year, we did um, a theme called Building Our Future. And one of the things I love about the digital city of the town is uh, that we get to script it, and we get to spend a lot of time on it. Because when you're running around with a camera shooting something in forty eight hours, you know you get what you get, and um, and there are no do overs. <laughs> and it helps when your mayor, who's
1: the host of the yes. whole video, um, is great on camera too. So let's just be yes. pretty clear about yes. that. that yeah, it might not work in every city, but
0: yes. Um, but it's something that, you know, we get to sit down and spend a lot of time on. I get to do a lot of graphic work, which you don't typically see in those shorter things just because there's not enough time to, um, to build graphics using, you know, software programs that we have. Um, and I get to get creative in that way. We did it. So pick music. Yes. pick What music, music library do you use? We use killertraps.com, which is. Um, it's a website that has thousands and thousands of songs and you just pay a yearly subscription and you pretty much get, you know, your choice of all those songs. Killer tracks if you're listening. Yes, killer tracks. Um, and their staff is actually really helpful. They have a really great customer service team, which has kind of kept us coming back every year as well. Um, they'll even help you choose the music for it. So, um, so yeah, choosing music for something, laying that under underlying track underneath, making people feel through the music and the dialogue, being able to script, being able to stage people. You know, we just shot with a council member for this year's and I gave her her walking points. You know, I marked on the ground, okay, you're starting here and you're ending here and you're saying this and they cooperate really well, <laughs> which they are good sports about it for people who are not hired actors. Um, and you know seeing it all come together we debut it every year at the Harkins theater which is also just movie theater yeah movie theater it's just a fun event you know we fill it up and just seeing everybody in the theater um watching it as if it's a you know real movie it's a, it's only about 15 minutes long but <laughs> um it's just a great time and i i love to to just get creative um, and have a theme to work with and be able to have that time. And you told me top three. That's my top two. I think, too, we should do an entire podcast
1: just on the digital state of the town and kind of what goes into it. We have all of our council members participate. Yeah. And so I think that would be a great episode to do where we just talk specifically about the whole process that goes in behind that. Yes. Yes, and your third thing.
0: And my third thing. I would have to say the this is really weird, but the fluff it marshmallows, and I'm Looking at one what's Fluffit Marshmallow. So Fluffit Marshmallow is a local shop that sells um, specialty marshmallows. They cook their own marshmallows, and um, we had this brilliant idea. The team had this idea to celebrate Gilbert's birthday with a pop-up party, and we wanted to call it a pop-up party because we wanted it to be something that was kind of short. We had a lot of um, really awesome I Heart Gilbert T-shirts that we could give away. So we had what we like to call swag. Um, which are those items of like Gilbert t-shirts and stickers and things. And we wanted something just fun that we could show up for two hours during the day, celebrate Gilbert's birthday, hopefully get a few people out to grab some free t-shirts. And uh, we chose Fluffet Marshmallow because they sell marshmallow pops. So it kind of went with our theme. And they agreed to give away free marshmallow pops to anybody that showed up for the pop-up party. And again, it was another instance where we threw it up on Facebook and Instagram and said, hey, we're going to be doing this. And it wasn't it wasn't very far in advance, maybe two days. And how did you use video there? Um, there. So w- once we were there, uh, we had no idea who would be coming. We, again, just just threw it up on social media and thought, you know, oh, maybe we'll get, you know, dozen or so people. That place was crowded. It was packed for the entire time. Uh, we couldn't believe it. And we were. F- using Facebook Live um, to kind of broadcast the whole thing, which I love because um, as much as I love the strategic scripting and planning, this gives you the whole opposite end. It's completely unscripted. Um, Anything can happen. You're just, you know, popping up on Facebook and to starting to talk to people and thinking, you know, this, this event could be really great. It could be a dud, you know, here, here goes. Um, and it turned out to be really great. We had dozens of people the entire time. And one of my favorite parts was, uh, they, they just busted out singing happy birthday to Gilbert. <laughs> Cute. And so to see that, you know, and to have the viewers and a lot of the people who showed up in the later hours, we did it, I think it was two hours long, the second hour were people that were watching the Facebook live and they saw it and they thought, oh, let's go down there. You know, they jumped in their car and they came. So that's really a powerful, a powerful tool. And also, you know, a live video has um, a better reach on Facebook. So you're more likely to actually see it in your newsfeed, which I think is, you know, kind of bumps it up a notch too. Um, And it's just it's just a lot of fun. It's all improvised, you know, interviews with people who are just standing in line and the owners of the store. They were just great, really cooperative. Um, And it was just a lot of fun singing the happy birthday moment on Facebook Live and just seeing how many people came there based on watching a live video on their Facebook was really just eye-opening. Absolutely. It's amazing. And we'll focus a lot on how we use
1: social media because I think obviously the two are very closely tied together, the way we're using video, um, especially through social channels and how you're actually pushing that video out, which is really interesting because when I came here, we were making videos to go on our local cable channel. And and that's just not the case anymore. And there are still plenty of cities that create content just for their local channel. um, And we don't. That's one place that Some content might live, but that's not the primary reason that we're creating content. We're creating content for these social channels to engage, whether it's YouTube or um, even on the homepage of our website. So we'll be talking specifically throughout this series about that as well and how we're kind of using video. And again, like I said earlier, if you're not using video, you should be and you can be because it's easy. Like we said, there's some ways you can use it. Within your own, the palm of your hand, you probably already have an iPhone. And so you have what you need to make a very decent, high quality video um, already, even if you're not already making videos. And then others, you know, do require a lot more technical ability, a nicer camera, and all of that production that we talked about. One of the things that I'm really interested in is um, one of my colleagues is actually the video director for Hillary Clinton's campaign and the way they've been using video. And I think if you're looking for examples of how to use video to share your message, whether it's on social, whether it's commercial spots or some of the long form, they are doing it and they are doing it well. Um, incorporating text, I would say, is another huge piece, um, something we're not really doing um, as much as I'd like to see us do, but I think it's something that's on the horizon that we're looking at doing, um, especially on social when you're not listening to it and you're just kind of seeing you know, from that perspective. But I think hopefully I can get her to come be a guest on our podcast in the future and she can talk to us about um, you know, why – I think it's really interesting. I know Obama's campaign really deployed a lot of video four years ago, and they've clearly taken the lead with that. And, you know, I'm just such a huge advocate of using video to tell your story, like we said, um, both short and long form. So I think we could have many more podcasts related around video, and we probably will in the future. Um, so, we have two digital journalists on staff, which is really kind of interesting and something that you don't see in a lot of other cities, who, like I said, focus solely on video production. So if you are a city out there looking to try to incorporate video, you might want to start thinking about how you can get someone who really does understand how to use video and all of that production. I think there's, unfortunately and sadly, because it's a business I came from and you came from as well, a lot of um, people leaving the news business. And so there's plenty of talent out there. Um, Jessica came from local news. I came from um, news as well. And so, you know, there's definitely people that the skill sets are there. Um, But I know when it comes to government, a lot of times it's a little bit more challenging for us to think about hiring kind of outside that typical norm. So maybe what you would normally see in a typical government employee. Anything you want to add on that?
0: Yeah, it's just thinking outside the box um, in the, you know, in your staffing and in the way that you communicate. I think the main point with video and why it's so popular is that we're meeting people where they are um, and not forcing them to, to go out of their comfort zone to find their information. We're meeting them where they are, and we're giving them what they need in, uh, in a platform and, and in a medium that they want to watch. So,
1: Well, awesome. Well, Jessica, thank you for joining us. I work with you every day, but I learned things about you that I didn't know, so that's mm-hmm. fun. And we'll be sure to have you back soon. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, this entire series is focused on, as the title says, Government Gone Digital. In the meantime, until you hear from us again, be sure to engage with us on social media. You can follow us at Gilbert Your Town on Twitter, in Instagram, and like us on Gilbert Town Hall on Facebook. We look forward to having you follow along on this journey with us as we watch government transform together. We'll see you next time from Gilbert, Arizona on Government Gone Digital.